This episode of The Great Equalizer is brought to you by the Lego Group in celebration of their reimagined Lego Friends range. The 2023 Lego Friends universe includes characters with a wide variety of skin tones, cultural backgrounds, different abilities, and neurodiversity, all with authentic personalities and relationship scenarios. Review our website and show notes for more on the latest Lego Friends set with links to a Lego Friends TV special currently streaming on the Lego YouTube channel. This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in the 2020s. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. On this episode of The Great Equalizer, Sam goes to Mordor. Charlene cuts off her nose to spite her face. And we chat about bullying. And low self-esteem. With educational psychologist, Naledi Mukwena. Hello. It's becoming a pattern, this three people thing in the studio, Charlene. Listen, I'm not mad at it, Sam. <laughs> to be honest, it's pretty great, actually. Now, lady, Mokwena, welcome to Thank the Great you. Equalizer. It's so good to have you here. <laughs> it's awesome to be here. So, your bio on psychology today says that you're here to offer compassionate support, right? Absolutely. Right. Okay, Charlene, are you ready? <laughs> We're ready, now, lady. Hit us up. We need some compassion. <laughs> All right. Listen, and we need a lot of support. <laughs> okay. Lols because we're funny. Yes, we're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. In all seriousness, but not, uh, you are here and around and existing and working for the children, not just for us. And your mission as an educational psychologist is to build resilient and strong children who can thrive in this world. That makes me feel happy. Mm. I, I, I'm signing up. You can sign me up. Thanks, folks. Now, lady over here specializes in developmental and all-round assessments for children, adolescents, and young adults with a goal of offering practical recommendations to parents on how they can best support their child through developmental challenges. Mm-hmm. Now, lady also offers parent support, which is, as I say, primarily why she joins us now because we are parents <laughs> Who needs support? But first, now, lady, you, we're going to put you in the hot seat, okay? For our first segment, how are you? How are you really? Okay, so we're starting with you. Ooh. Um, and you can take your psychologist hat off for a second here. Relax. And as the, the former praise, I think it was the former praise, said, apply your mind <laughs> and complete the sentence. Now, lady, dot, dot, dot. Is introspective. Mm. Okay. And that's not the, my non-psychology mind, truly. Really? Really. Okay. Elaborate. Can you elaborate? Mm. I first want to say I, I 
people often say to me like, so are you scrutinizing me right now? Are you reading my mind? Are and you I'm, psychoanalyzing me? Are you reading my mind? Right. I exactly. like that. I'm like, like, I'm like, firstly, I'm not a psychic. <laughs> I'm not a mind reader. Like, I can only what go on of, what you're giving me. What kind of training do they think psychologists <laughs> go for? <laughs> firstly. Um, but secondly, I also say, I'm not a psych. I'm not the way I am because I'm a psychologist. I'm a psychologist because of how I am. Yes. Right. So when I say I'm introspective, it's because it's what I do a lot. I think a lot. Mm. Sometimes overthink a lot. But right now, particularly, I've been thinking a lot about like who I am. Where's my life? Where do I want to go? Am I tired? I'm very tired. Mm. Why am I tired? Mm. Who am I tired of? Mm. <laughs> I like that. Myself or other people? <laughs> Hopefully other people. The situation that how I created for myself. Right. How do I change that? Yeah. Yeah, and if um, I, yeah, if I'm not happy... How do I change that? And what does, what makes me happy, Mm, right? Exactly. Because I mean, Mm. I mean, I have lots of uncertainties, which is why I'm introspective. Okay. Right now. Okay. I think there's, I mean, you're not being very specific, but I think there's so many. I think all of us can relate to that. Mm. Are you just like a person person that generally has your shit together and currently you're not in that place and that's why you're feeling like there's a lot of uncertainty i'm a person who likes to believe i have my shit together <laughs> okay, okay oh aren't we all same whatsapp group sister right <laughs> and then when i realize i don't i'm like oh my gosh anxiety um yeah so basically so right now i think i'm so last year i was kind of like doing a lot you know and trying to do a lot and believing i was doing everything but I was, things. and I was all doing, and I was just not doing it well enough. So this year, I gave myself space to think more, right? So I do less, which means I have less incoming money, mm. which means mm. I have more thinking space. I mean, I'm anxious about like how much money do I have? Am I having mm. enough money? Where's my future going? Um, how am I spending the money that I do have to ensure that I have money in the future? Exactly. Am I doing my career right? Am I being impactful enough? What does impact mean? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Am I contributing to society? Yeah, uh, as Charlene said, same WhatsApp group. I was in therapy just last week, and on the con- on the concept of money, I'm in not a very I'm a Capricorn, not a very Capricorn style. Mm-hmm. I'm Capricorn Aquarius rising, oh, and it's God. the Aquarius rising in me that <laughs> mm, I'm Aquarius. I know. Oh. I, so I'm not motivated by money. I'm motivated by impact. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. Relate, hard <laughs> relate. We vibe. I'm the Aries over here. I'm just like you go. I'll fuel you on. I'll be on the sideline. If anyone gets in your way, I'll punch them. And she, and she's not lying. So I I can relate. And my my psychologist was like, listen, Sam, money is your tool to do what you need to do. Mm. You need to charge more. So what is the bottom line of what she was telling me? So take from that what you will. Right. Psychologist to psychologist. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Sam's therapist. Therapist bias, Sam. Right. We're channeling. But yeah, I, yeah exactly. I totally get it. I totally get it. I, or I too, my word for the year was less. <laughs> I still giggle at that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't typically do words for the year. And this is why. Because I don't stick to them. I... I think also it's the post-COVID where we all felt, I hesitate to say lazy, mm. but I think, you know, 2020, 2021, come 2022, we were all just like, well, for those of us who are action-packed and like want to do shit, we did all the shit. And um, then you burn out and it's a really terrible cycle, mm. right? So I've also been doing all of the things. 
Sam's um, also not a typically less person. I'm not a less, less person. Oh, you're not. So you're an everything person. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, I don't say no. Yes. Bring it on. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a yes girl, but I, I need to be more of a no girl. Can I cut you there? Mm. So the other thing about where I am is that I'm also, mm. I'm, I'm doing boundaries. I'm trying to do boundaries for myself. Because I'm, I'm a very giving person. I'm a loving person. And I love to love. I love to love and I love to give and I love to be compassionate and be here for you, you know. But it's also exhausting for me. Yeah, because right. yeah, 100%. Seeps, it drains Absolutely. from you. And oh. I feel very deeply. So when you're in a bad space, oh. I can feel the emotion very deeply. Mm-hmm. So now I'm trying to like build boundaries and it's tough because people are like, huh? But that's not what we're used to. Yeah. Yes. Why are you? And oh, yo, people Who's don't like person? that. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So what does this mean for our relationship? Mm. So I'm struggling with that too. Mm. Mm. Relate, yeah. relate. Charlene, you set a boundary this week. Oh my gosh. And it yes. cuts off your nose to spite your face. And this is where Charlene's at. Yes, week. like literally, you know, when you do something because you know you have to take a stand on this matter, but you tend to not ever take that stand because you know what it's going to mean for you down the line and you're just not prepared to deal with what comes down the line. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> what did you do? Um, so my kids have been acting out and I know from our discussion in previous episode with Dr. Jenny Rose who visited us in studio when we spoke the, uh, about the transitioning to new school for the new year. Um, one of the things that she said there, which is something I know, but that your children don't communicate They're not verbal in their communication. They show what they're struggling with or feeling in their behavior. And so, okay, sometimes kids also just push the boundaries and they are just little assholes because that's just their nature. Um, But they're obviously going through the most at the moment, as am I, BT dubs, children, if you ever (laughs) listen to this, your mother is tired. (laughs) Anyway, and so I, and then you, you start like in your mind, do they have too much screen time? Am I not, am I too lenient? No, 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 no. Another thing, that, another thing that Dr. Jenny Rose said in that discussion was that you need to remain consistent. You need to stick to your guns because if the kids are pushing the boundaries and they're acting out because their world feels upside down, you need to be firm. You need to be a constant because you, they can rely on. You are their foundation. And so I'm like, oh, my God, I better cement these damn feet. No pressure. <laughs> I better cement these damn feet and stand firm. And so last week, Thursday, we had an enormous meltdown of epidermic proportions is the best <laughs> way I can explain it. Before we even started our day at 6 a.m. in the morning when we were about to leave for school, it was chaos. I flipped. I was not a gentle parent. I lost it. They lost it. I screamed. The more I screamed, they screamed. My children were literally on each other. Like, they got, it got physical, people. I had to, like, tear them apart like you would with two pit bulls. And I was like, please stop that, please stop that, please stop that. And I just escalated and it escalated. And I eventually screamed a whole ton of profanities off the top of my lungs and report me to the authorities if you must. <laughs> I smacked them both on the butt because I didn't know what else to do. I don't know why. I did it. Okay. I did it. I smacked them each on the butt and my child felt, one child fell to the floor screaming with the door open. By the way, we live in a complex with people above us and next door to us. I'm screaming at 6am 
people are like trying to gulp down coffee and open their eyes and we're like having a full-on Jerry Springer level roll by the front door open, echoing across the distance. And my son falls to the floor and he's like, I need an ice bag! My oh, leg is bad. on fire! <laughs> and I look at these children and I'm just like, Charlene, don't be surprised. You are about the drama. So look at yourself in the mirror, honey. You did this to your mother growing up. I distinctly remember behaving like that as a kid growing up. And I was too hurtful and angry to even, even contemplate that thought. It ruined our whole day. Mm. I sobbed on the way to school. We just sat in silence. We didn't talk to each other. It just spiraled out of control. It proceeded to, in the afternoon when I picked them up from school, they didn't even make eye contact or say hello. When they saw their father, they leapt into his arms. Daddy, Worst. we love you. Was he not there the morning? He I'm was guessing. there in the morning. He just kind of just, he didn't interfere because there were three of us already crazy enough. He wasn't going to like add in. Red's the Libra. He brings, if we're going on star signs, yeah, he brings that balance. So yeah. he's just like, you guys, I can I don't know. <laughs> I actually, I didn't hear from Charlene for the latter half of last week. Now that makes sense. Her husband messaged me and said, let me just tell you, these kids brought your friend down to her knees today. I was like, oh I, I sobbed. I cried in the morning. And then when I saw them leaping to their father, I cried again. And I was just like hurt. By all of that. I was hurt by smacking my children. I was hurt by... Oh, as we leave the front door to walk to the car, who am I met with? My neighbors who had just come down from upstairs who are about to leave for work. And they just look at me wide-eyed like this. And I was like, in my mind, I just felt like, don't fucking look at me with that tone of voice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they did at just, that point. Well, yes, I mean, they were horrified. They were terrified. They were like, is she going to come at us? Anyway, and then in the evening, it just carried on while I'm trying to discipline Josh or do homework with him. He's just like, he is rebellious and he's acting out. And I, I felt, long story short, that, well, I felt like they broke me, firstly. Secondly, I tried not to take it personally, but I felt like the worst mother in the world. Because firstly, why don't I have control of these children? Why am I not in control of the situation? I am the adult in this room. Then I jump immediately to, you weren't exactly behaving like an adult in this scenario, Charlene. So what do you expect? And then I just go through all of the emotions and the theory of, you know what you should do, but you didn't do it. And the self-loathing and everything. And I arrived at the point of, things are going to change around here. I get that, that line from Sister Act where Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg goes, Sisters, today is a brand new day. And then they all break out in song. And I feel like I'm Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act because today, honey, is a brand new day. And so I started taking away privileges. I decided technology and all of the things that detract from our connection will be gone. Be gone, things. Because we need connection. These children obviously need connection. I need connection because all they ever get from me is yelling and shouting and disciplining. But they get connection from dad because dad's got time. Dad's got headspace. And so when they see dad, they're like, oh, daddy, we miss you. He's a hero. And I'm the asshole parent. And so now... 
I've taken this stance, cut off my nose to spite my face because now I have to give the connection. I've taken away the iPads. I've taken away technology. I've taken away things that detract from our interactions and our relationships to replace that with connection. I still don't have any more time in a day to bring those connect to those connecting moments. I have to now find the time mm -hmm. to make those connections. And mom was already in heavy demand. Mom, 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 I need you. Mom, mom, I need you. All of that is happening still, but I have to show up with a let's connect vibe. Let's do this, guys. Mommy wants to connect with you <laughs> when all mommy wants to do is run away. Because mm. <laughs> it's been three days in the week. How has it been going, in all honesty? Like, have you felt that well, difference? I will say that the acting out is a little bit less, and I don't know if it is because of the connection or just because they too shit scared of <laughs> acting out because they'll get their iPads taken away for another week or two or they'll get punished. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm punishing these kids. Essentially, what I equated it down to was like, guys, if our behavior cannot be fixed, Privileges will be taken away and limited. We need to find the source of this problem. And if you're unsure or you don't understand what's happening, please ask me. I will explain it to you again. But basically, you cannot be behaving like this and you cannot talk to me like I'm a piece of trash or your father. Mm -hmm. You guys, they're developing into their own little personalities and they're acting out. They're acting out and they're like violent with the sharp tongues and that they like visibly irritated with us and like snapping at us and i can't actually blame them because i wanted i wanted to say children, like violent with your sh with your sharp tongues like it's the one thing children, i admire most about see. my friend is your i want That's her right. on my side right in a fight children mimic what everywhere. they see so they're constantly exposed to these snaps that we like Josh will say something and I'll be like well blah 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 blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and she will cut a person off at the head I like you know, I like it's so an admirable quality Jessie will yeah. be like I don't know. I'm like my girl it's time to toughen right up we got to put our big girl panties on life is not fair mm. how can I help you in this scenario like I cannot pander to you constantly Yes, I'm your mom and I will be nurturing and I'll give you the love and the reassurance. But sometimes you also need to just toughen the fuck up because life is unfair mm. and it's going to get the better of you. You know, I sound harsh and awful now. Red still says that I'm a pushover and they take chances with she, me. She oh. sounds harsh, but she with in, and you don't believe this of yourself. So and we're going to speak about our inner voice, but she's a. You're an extremely loving mother to, to those kids. And when we talk and the anger comes out, but... I don't feel like a loving mother. Thank you for saying that. You... Just you by the she way. is. <laughs> Listeners, viewers... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. This just is a how bitch. she's. She's not just a bitch. <laughs> I, I, I swear, there's a, there's, a of, there's a lot of. There's a lot of. There's a lot of the love that she shows her children and the patient, the outward affection, um, that Charlene gives her children. That I learn a lot from you. So please, your inner voice. Let's. We're gonna change yeah, that. We're yeah. gonna talk about that inner voice here. Yeah. Mm. So, so I yeah, that's I cut my nose off despite my face because now I've got to put my money where my mouth is. <laughs> I've implemented these rules and now I have to. Future Charlene is now has to arrive. I and was, was going to say <laughs> I went to Mordor, threw the ring in, and came back out again. You know, there and back again. 
I was Bilbo. I was Frodo. <laughs> I was Bilbo Baggins back again, and then I was Frodo throwing the ring in the fire, and then back again. Oh my gosh. I had a I had a, a week <laughs> of note, but it's. You get to go to Mordor too. <laughs> it looks like we went to Mordor together. Will there, will there be whiskey? Can <laughs> just sit and drink? <laughs> There's whiskey in Mordor. I, I'm certain of it. Yeah. I yeah. I just I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it short. But I think as parents, we all know when both kids are sick, and then you get sick. And our solo parenting. So this has been two weeks of that tummy bug, Charlene. Our last episode. I was in vivid detail describing yes. how I survived poo explosions. Jess, Jesse, Charlene's five-year-old was, you know, yeah. <laughs> both, direct, both directions. Her body was very angry yes. and it had two exits, whatever was trapped inside. <laughs> it started with It started with me and went on to my kids. And they, you know this as well as I do. Kids become such dickheads when they're not feeling well. Mm. And my kids in particular, especially my quieter one, my eldest, Elijah, will really not be himself in a in the worst arsehole kind of way mm. when he's just before he gets ill. Mm. And then when he gets ill, I'm like, like, oh, shame. He wasn't feeling well. So it's it's been two weeks. First, the tummy bug. Then... The nasal congestion and a lot of snot. So we've had poo, we've had vomit, we've had a lot of mucus. It's been a lot. There and back again by Sam Herbst, everybody. It's it's been a day. And, yeah, it's not just – parenting when your kids are sick is not what people show it to be. Like, oh, you're there for your kid and they show my kid is feverish and I give him the cowpole and I hold him and we cuddle. and No, they – Especially my two-year-old, he like he'll vomit in the car, which is what happened. Come and I'll be like, "Well, you're not going to school. Come home." And he's like hundreds, and he's like running around all day. And I'm just like, "Why did I keep you home? I could have just taken you to school." Hard. It's hard, and it's it was everywhere. And you, I feel honestly, I feel victimized by my kids, Charlene. <laughs> <laughs> and don't we don't we always talk about how? Um, parenting is a like an abusive relationship that you can't get out of. Mm. Look, not to downplay domestic abuse in mm. any way, but honestly, if it's the kind of scenario that if you were in it with anyone else, you would like GTFO, like I'm not here for it, people. I'm mm. out, but you cannot. Yeah, I mm. it's bullying. Mm. I feel like, yes, my kids are sick. Um, also, I'm not feeling well. I, we're we're oh, kind of out of it. About, nobody, nobody cares, cares about, shit about right. you feeling cuck, Sam. <laughs> and I just, you still the snack bitch, man. You yes. still have to like pull your shit together. And... Why did you open the yogurt, mom? I asked you for a yogurt. I didn't ask you to open it. Right. Did you not hear me, mom? Yeah. It's... My little redhead five-year-old. <laughs> yeah, Thank listen. Thank you, Jessie. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. That's It kind of leans into what we're here to talk about today. However, we're not here to talk about how our kids are bullying us, but rather <laughs> in relation to them being victims of bullies or bullies themselves mm. of other kids. Please remember, what we're 
in this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planet Sam and Pauline, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are amazingly insightful and incredibly divine human beings, and a fucking delight, to be honest, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no daddies. So last year, we chatted with actor and life coach Sven Rygrock about mental health, particularly our kids' mental health, um, in a really enlightening discussion. Yeah, look, it was a really rich discussion with some additional insight from Joburg-based psychologist Dr. Ursula Froschauer, but we're going to be honing in on bullying in particular with a splash of cyberbullying. And also how bullying, in all its many forms, impacts on your child's self-esteem. So, now, lady... Finally, after all more door talk. <laughs> Thank you for letting Thank us just for... spill it all out yeah. here in front of you. She's a good listener. <laughs> I appreciate you spilling. <laughs> I could feel <laughs> the spillage. We, we needed the. She's she's really soaked all of our shits in. What a today. great soundboard. She's like, I feel like better for getting that off my chest. <laughs> Therapy works, people. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your compassion. Bye. <laughs> We yeah. had to get a real discussion <laughs> yes. rolling. So let's let's start. Jokes aside, let's start with the whole hard, cold facts. We've got small kids, mm. but suicide re- rates among our teens and even younger kids, especially post COVID, mm. are on the up. Right. Mm-hmm. So what do the what do the stats say? What's what's happening with our children at the moment? Lots of things are on the on the up since COVID. Mm. Um, Depression has been up since COVID. Mm. Anxiety has been up since COVID, right? So I know you're asking about suicide, but I want to say this because suicide doesn't come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. So, um, and not since post-COVID, but in COVID. And what happened in COVID? You were at home with your family. So any family issues that existed before COVID, <laughs> right, that you could run away to school from, run away to work from, during COVID, you had to sit in those family problems. Mm-hmm. But a lot of parents could hide it from children or the rest of the family to a degree easier. Through but words, but not through feeling. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can feel the crap when it's happening in your yes. house, in your family. Yes. Right. So kids had to sit through that and they had to feel it. And the trouble was if we didn't know how to speak before COVID, mm-hmm. we wouldn't suddenly miraculously learn how to speak during COVID. Mm-hmm. So many people still sat through stuff, but didn't talk through stuff. Mm. So it builds up, it's in your body. Cool. Um, and then social media during COVID. Mm. So you now, you are, now you're exposed not just to your, your home situation, not just to your neighborhood, but you're exposed to the world. The world was, a, it is still, it's a heavy, Ooh, taxing place. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. So like lots of kids got exposed to different, I mean, different struggles outside of themselves, but also how to get out of those struggles, mm. which means that if beforehand suicide was an option that was about like 10 kilometers away and wouldn't be a consideration, now suicide is much closer to you because you're hearing about it online. You're hearing about how to do it mm. online, mm. right? It also became a closer closer consideration. What also happened during COVID is that you had less peer interact- interaction, which means kids had less opportunities to learn how to wade through social situations. It's bizarre to me, not that I'm coming from a place of judgment, but it's interesting that you say that. Why would during COVID when you lump together with your family, 
in oh, one space. I can see it. It happened in our household. So let's, I mean, let's talk. Let's unpack that. Why would there be more disengagement when you're physically together? So I wouldn't say disengagement. So I'll give you an example of like, for example, like there's a client that, I, that I'm seeing, right? So you're at home during the COVID period and for example, there's loss in the family, right? So when you lose, when you someone loses a, when someone loses someone in the family, it's not just the child who loses, but also the parents lose someone, right? Mm-hmm. So the parents are going through loss, okay? But then we don't know how to go through loss. We don't know how to talk about loss. We don't know how to talk about our emotions, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going through these things, but I'm having all these emotions. But as a parent, I'm not talking about it. So what ends up happening? I'm sad. I'm angry because I have to find other ways of externalizing what I'm feeling inside that I'm not talking about. So who am I going to be angry towards? I'm going to be angry towards you, mm. right? I'm going to be sad towards you. Your child can see when you're feeling sad. So this particular client, she could see that her parents were sad. Her mom particularly was very sad. But her mom has been her safe space. Her mom is the person that's always got it together, but now her mom is not doing well. So now what does she feel like she has to do? How can she make mommy well? So she overexerted at home, trying to make everyone well, because she's the mm. one who feels and wants to make everyone well. But what happens is she's doing everything every day is that she then gets exhausted of doing that. So she became highly anxious about like, what's going to happen to mommy? Is someone else going to pass away? Are my parents going to be okay? Are our family going to be okay? All these questions are happening in her mind, but we're not talking about it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a heavy load to carry for any person, much less a child. So exactly. as a parent, and I don't want to digress. I want to, I want to stay on the discussion, but just a quick digression. As a parent... I believe it's important to show your kids when you are sad to show that emotion. I'm sad or I'm scared Mm -hmm. or show your vulnerabilities so that your kids don't think that you're perfect. And I say this because this is something I'm working on. I don't often like, I don't like to show my flaws or what I'm struggling with. And I don't want my kids to see like when, if, if my child laughs at something I did in traffic, I take it personally because I want them to see a strong woman who knows how to drive. Mm-hmm. I don't want that tr- bad woman driver trope like I- infiltrating his mind. And so I get defensive. So I think it's important to show our imperfections to our children, but then how do we navigate that, especially in a place of depression or sadness or, you know, means like when you're crying. Mm-hmm. You know, my two-year-old saw me cry the other day and he didn't want to come near me after that. How do you navigate that with your kids? Mm. And the thing is, I, I definitely appreciate parents who can actually show their emotions in front of kids. Because I, cause I mean, as millennials, we come from a school for most of our parents when our parents didn't show express, like emotions to us, right? So any parent who's able to do it now, I really admire that. But the thing is, so it's important to be able to show your emotion. But what I think is also important is once you've expressed the emotion, you also talk about the fact that it happened. Mm, mm. Okay, because the thing is, if I... Give it some context. Give it context. Mm. Because if I see you crying, and here's the reality, the tough thing about being a parent is that you're wading between being an individual, a human being who actually exists in society and who actually feels emotions and goes through things, right? But still having to be this person who's guiding this younger human being all the time. So Mm. younger human being, so while you're being, you can be and feel and do the things... But you'll unfortunately then, or fortunately, also have to guide thereafter. So after you have the emotion, then talk about it. Firstly, express where mommy was at, right? There's a reason why I was crying because I was feeling like today was a very tough moment. And sometimes I don't know how to deal with the fact that this person on the road was not supposed to be doing what they were doing. And for a moment, I felt like I was out of control. And I'm also worried about you guys in the backseat. So that's why I was crying. But you know what? That moment taught me 
whatever it taught you. And I actually also wonder how it felt like for you to see mommy cry like that. <sighs> that's, that's great advice because you also, not, again, not to digress, but you also have to contemplate. I, a big thing for me that I'm very acutely aware of is I don't want them to feel responsible for my emotions. I don't want them to feel that my happiness is their problem or because they are children and they should be free of those worries. They shouldn't have to worry how what they're doing is impacting or feel guilty. I don't want them to feel guilty for making me sad or, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you. It's not just about suicide. It's about mental health and and us as parents navigating that. So but in in terms of like the extreme of it, this is where we're sitting. Right. Suicide is the fourth leading cause of death among 15 to 19 year olds and in in South Africa 9% of all teenage deaths are due to suicide and the numbers are increasing and then panic attacks anxiety disorders they're all becoming sort of more acute we're here to talk about bullying though mm. how much does bullying contribute to this epidemic that's impacting our children's mental well-being mm. I was going to say so if someone gets to a point of suicide then things have been happening for many years before that. Mm. Right. And bullying. I'm going to say this because before I actually saw what bullying does to children, I didn't used to take bullying very seriously. I'm sorry to say I didn't. Right. But the more I'm in practice and I see what it actually does emotionally to a human being, it's actually, it's very scary. So what are you seeing here? Now, lady, because... I I want to I want to define bullying. I want to really get in get stuck in because mm. in my experience there's there's our idea of bullying like from what we see in the movies. Bigger kids, your stereotypical bigger kid picking on the smaller kids, being physically abusive, you know, bog washing heads in toilets, um spud scenario thing, threatening a victim to mm. get like ganging then, up, like yeah. a couple of kids ganging up on a single individual. Who, uh, who takes calling. the hero's journey in the movie and mm, eventually, mm. you know, the, the never-ending story type of scenario. And then the, scenario. He, the victim rises above and overcomes this bullying despite all the odds. Mm. But I think bullying has many different faces. It's not, it's not the stereotypes. So there's overt bullying and, in my experience, covert bullying. Mm -hmm. So what are you seeing in your experience? Right. So before I answer, I wanted to say that. So what I was saying about the suicide thing is that if a person gets to a point of suicide, what, what has happened in numerous cases that they've had bullying for many years before that. They've had bashes at who they are for many years before that. And then something happens at a particular moment that triggers that point of, I can't do it anymore. Mm. Like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Okay. Right. So it didn't, ha didn't, ha didn't happen over a year. And it wasn't always the same scenario or from the same person. It was could have been various multiple scenarios in different environments mm -hmm. that contributed. Mm -hmm. All from the same environment. Yeah. But nothing was done about it. Mm -hmm. Enough for that person's feeling for them not to get to that moment of feeling like, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but you're asking about like what, what I see. So... A lot of the bullying incidents that I see are covert, I would say. Um, but I also want you to bear in mind that I'm not in a school context, right? So mm -hmm. I'm not in school where I'm seeing these things on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Okay. You, you're, you're talking to patients. To who patients. are experiencing it. Exactly. Right. So I'm seeing the result of what the bullying has done. Um, and I also want to say that I see more girls than I see boys. 
My experience about bullying is that it's more covert when it's male bodies mm -hmm. and it's more, sorry, it's more overt when it's male bodies and yeah. covert for female bodies. Makes sense. That actually makes sense. Yeah. Right. Um, which goes back to the similar thing about like, for example, like behavior. You see more, you see like boys who are more overt about their behavior. And when, when something's wrong with a boy, you see it more easily. Right. For example, like, I mean, they say ADHD rates and neuro, like neurodivergent rates are more seen with boys because they externalize their behavior, mm. whereas in girls internalize their behavior to a large degree. Right? So you're saying boys like act out. Exactly. In a physical form more exactly. than what girls would. Absolutely. Girls would, girls would like be more interested, like keep it inside. Exactly. So which means that in terms of how what it looks like is that most likely for boys, then you would see the TV things you're talking about, right? And the thing is, it does happen, right? Where like a person's actually being physically violated, right? By, by their classmates or like you're being hit or um, even things like when you're on the sporting field, not being chosen for the team. You can see these things, right? Mm. Very, very overtly. Whereas in the more covert things will be being isolated, right? Mm. Um, there's a particular client of mine who was telling me that I mean, she's she's had a bullying incident for for like for some time for the course of this year. And this is like the later part of the bullying. The bullying happened quite overtly where people were people were like um, saying terrible things to her about something about something about her facial features. Right. Now she questions the way she looks. She questions the way she does things because of that. Okay. They've kind of started dealing with that and they're not talking about the facial features anymore. But now when she walks around the school, because she's reported the incident. Oh. When she walks around the school, what do her peers do? If she's walking down the corridor, they split ways. Mm. Right? Those oh, are the covert. Be of this one. Let's make way mm. for the... Mm, exactly. What are you saying with your actions? Exactly. Because as an educator, as a teacher, will you see that? You won't see that. Mm -mm. Right? But she, but she can feel it. She can feel when people suddenly aren't talking to her anymore. She can feel, for example, she was at an, an inter-high... Um, they were doing like inter-high the other time. And... She can feel when like when she wants to try to encourage people, then suddenly the peers aren't encouraging as much as they used to before. Mm. You can feel when people suddenly are changing your behavior towards mm. you. Mm. You start to question yourself, but you can feel it. Yeah, then you start questioning. I can only imagine you start questioning. Am I like making this up? Am I oversensitive? You know? Yeah, exactly. And it's also so it's also, it's also more covert with the older kids. So younger kids. <laughs> younger kids will more openly like say nasty words yes right and they'll say you being you not playing with me so i'm not your friend today exactly that's what five six year olds will mm. will do exactly will exhibit. exactly i'm not but your friend kids? today right yeah. i want to be her friend but not your friend yeah today, mm. right they say it more openly whereas in older kids and so i'm talking like high school children right and probably even from like grade six grade seven um will do these things but it's not as explicit because mm. they don't use the same language mm. but they use language like another one of my clients said they said to her in class and she's in grade 10 now they said to her no one wants to hear what you're saying what makes you feel like we want to hear what you want to say oh wow and yeah. if you're a teacher who's sitting with like 25 other children in the classroom you're not going to pick up that the mm. one kid just said this to the other one mm. So what does that do to you? It results in you not wanting to say anything. And this is also where gaslighting starts. Absolutely. You know, so... This is proper mean girl stuff. Yeah. Like in the movie. Yeah. yeah. 
So I honestly you, never knew it was such a thing, but it's a thing. So you could, you know, smaller kids, it's actually more helpful to physically use the language. You're not my friend. I don't like you. I don't like you because, and they'll be more overt about it. Mm. Not that it's right, but that's the, because I think this is, even as adults, we're like, did she just do that? To-? Sometimes, you know, we'll message each other and be like, you know, this mom at the school did X, Y, Z, and I don't know whether it's in my head or not, you know? Then you start gaslighting yourself because you're like, you being, t- you know what? My period starts tomorrow. I'm being sensitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and this is where it goes. And we're so... But we're, I mean, yeah, we have the life skills and the emotional skills to dissect it in that Sometimes. way. Sometimes. Sometimes, <laughs> yes. And, but, I mean, our, our kids don't necessarily yeah. have that. Mm-mm. So, I mean, and you know what it makes me think? And I don't want to... Or, you know, make it about me. Um, I say this every episode, it, it appears. <laughs> but I was I was a stereotype at school. Yeah. I, I lumped into, you, you brought up Mean Girls. I was Regina George. I had long blonde hair. People, you know, called me that. When the movie came out, they oh, were just wow. like, oh, you know, the, the queen bee. Literally because of the way I looked on the outside. But that also made me an easy target. People thought that I could handle it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like to talk about bullying comes actually in, in many different forms. You don't think that the quote unquote queen bee has feelings or she can take it. And I remember one camp uh, we were doing skits and one girl came up to me and said, I'm going to make fun of you in my skit, but don't take it personally. I just know that you can take it. And it was one of those things where like everybody in the group is under a blanket and is a monster and everybody comes up and 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 eats. Well, the 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 monster eats under the blankets. Eats everybody who comes to the blanket. Mm. Ooh, we're gonna, you know, you know those like camp icebreaker skits yes. that they make you do. So everybody was under this blanket, and whoever was in the group, oh, let's call up so and so, and so and so comes up, and they're like, oh, I'm gonna brave the monster, and the the <laughs> blankets eats, and then they become part of the monster, and the monster moves, and then the next person comes, and then then they called up Sam. And I went, and the monster went, oh, no, she's so ugly, and pulled away. And that I was, and I was like, ha-ha. That's funny. Okay, that's funny. That's so funny. And I get the the person had come to me beforehand and said, I'm not saying you're ugly, but that's just part of my skit. And and I'm just like, why did you think I was, you know, an easy target? And it was because of the way that I looked. It was because of the way that my peers perceived me. And I'm very cognizant of the fact in life, whether it's with my children or whether it's like among moms, that don't think that the strongest or the person who looks like they have their shit together can take it. Mm. But question is, why do they look like? Why yeah, do they yeah. look like what, that? What defines that? What what look is it that I have that makes me look this way? Exactly. What what look are you creating? Right. Mm. And why are you creating? Or why it? are you creating that look? Right. 100%. 100%. Because yeah. it's like, because um, mean girls don't just become mean girls. And tough girls don't just become tough girls from the outside. Mm. There's something that's happened inside of you at an emotional level that's led you to eventually deciding that, you know what? I don't feel safe, actually. It's survival mode. You're in survival mode. It's a coping mechanism. 100%. Yeah. My, 100%. Mine is bitchy exterior, sharp cutting comments you know like like, offense is better than defense Mm. kind of thing i'm gonna come at you before you come at me right (laughs) so i mean let's get stuck into the way that this 
impact on our children. We've we've experienced it. We've come through the other side for the most part. We still experience it on a daily basis. Mm. Um, but our kids are now going through this for the first time. And we are wanting, number one, to cultivate resilience in our children so that they're not walkovers. Mm. So in an instance where they do become a victim, how do we handle that? Yeah, because just to, it, it, to add on to that, is like my first response... Josh had an uh, an incident yesterday afternoon at extramurals where one of the kids, he's like, Mom, that kid deliberately wouldn't bowl the ball. It was his turn to bowl and I had to bat and he deliberately wouldn't bowl. And I kept saying, bowl, I need to go. It's my turn. Bowl. And he antagonized me, Joshua says. He antagonized me by saying, why aren't you wearing your school hat? What's that on your head? Why does your hat look different? And he said, I, d- I didn't have a response. I just looked at him. It was weird that he would not bowl. I was trying to understand why he chose me yeah. to treat in that way. And he turned around and under his breath called me an idiot. It was so weird, mom. Josh said to me, and my response was like, I will fuck that kid My knee-jerk response is, what a little asshole. (laughs) My mom, my mom throughout my school life said, did you tell him to fuck off? (laughs) And I felt. That was my mom's go-to. I feel you, Adrian. (laughs) I was right there with you. (laughs) But then you have to be the diplomatic parent and you have to give your child the tools and how to handle those situations. And, what we're talking about is, I don't know. I don't know what, <laughs> what to do. What do we do? What do we Naledi, do? Naledi, tell us what yeah. to do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know what to do. Um, so, and I keep on saying I'm going to go back to something before I even answer your question. But I've, I also want to, like, clearly define what bullying is, right? Because the thing is, we have, there's numerous, there's a few incidents that kids go through. And one of, my, one of the teens I saw yesterday said, and she's a teenager, but she's like, she's like, teenagers are bitches. <laughs> it's true, though. She's like, Pe- teenagers are ruthless. And I know I'm a teenager, but whoop, it's rough out here because teenagers are rough, right? There's no filter happening here. <laughs> there is no filter. I've, yeah. No, there's, there's like no filter. So I'm just saying this to say that, like, being a kid is rough, yeah. you know, and school is rough. So yeah. their lives are rough. So, yeah, so the things we have to acknowledge that. So there's, you'll go through a few incidents of roughness, but when it becomes bullying is when these incidences are now numerous, continuously continuously happening. And that's how we define it as bullying. And it's very important to actually define it even for children. So they can, when they're reporting something to the, to a parent or to a teacher, they can know the difference between this this child has been mean to me today, mm-hmm. right? They said things that make me that that's hurting my feelings mm-hmm. versus this child is bullying me. Mm-hmm. So that you know what you're hearing and therefore how to act upon it accordingly, mm-hmm. right? So it's important to actually differentiate that. Um, how often is it happening? How so often frequency is, it happening? is important. So yeah. frequency is a thing that you would consider when you're defining bullying. Exactly. So there's meanness and just general unkindness, but bullying would be defined as regularly irregularly occurring incidents. Yes, exactly. By the same individual or group of individuals. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, so it can be isolation. They can be isolating. That's the more co- that's a more covert one. They can be like physically doing something towards you right um they can also be victimizing you they can also be microaggressions Mm. that's another thing i want to say is that 
sometimes it will be like the small little hint they'll give you about who you are. Um, generally for minority people, right? So like, so like your your blackness, your um, your gayness, your neurodiversion, your specialness. You're just different to the rest of us, mm. right? And they'll say that repetitively in different ways, mm. repetitively, continuously. And that's Constantly when you need- reminding you of your difference exactly. and then making you feel shit about it, essentially. Exactly, right? And that's when you can then say, okay, this person is bullying me because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's happening continuously. And, and I know it doesn't make me feel good mm-hmm. when they do it towards me, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> in terms of what to do about it, very difficult. Yeah, because <laughs> there's so many parts at play here. Yeah, there's not just... I'm the parent to this kid and mm. there's also other parents to the bully. What if my kid's the bully, which we'll get to. And also well, let's teachers, get to that. the you principal. Know, what if- there's so many th- people and and p- parties yeah. at play here. Mm. Ideally, what happens? Because there is a parent to the counterpart of the, the person who is acting out and let's call them a bully. Mm. In my experience and with teachers and principals, um, who I've approached about my child being victimized is we let's not use the word bully because that's somewhat somebody else's child, which in the moment I actually appreciated, you know. Sure. Yeah, because what if it was my kid? Yes, you're very level-headed. No, I, I try. Yes, like a, I would. That would not be my go-to thought it, pattern. It was a child that I'd known since he was a baby. Mm-hmm. My child had grown up with him, and I'm just like, what is? happening here you know and so you do yeah apart from like when kids are really like fucking awfully mean there's the more covert like ugly comments and or isolation you know when when the kids start making friendship groups and they deliberately exclude somebody and that could your kid can very well be a part of that i was like that at school where we would have our groups and I was just like, I don't really want to talk to that person and they keep wanting to come into our group and I'm just, now I'm like, everybody's welcome, come sit at my table. But I suppose there was also a Sam, a past Sam who was like, oh, it's overwhelming to have to Why must we everybody. welcome in these strays, Nalevi? <laughs> <laughs> Why must we? And Nalevi was, was similar to you when I was in high school, but the difference is I was the, I was the kind child, right? So mm. I, was, I, was a, I was a kind person, very compassionate person. So I could see when another child is, um, for example. You picked being, up on it. I could pick up on it. But did I do anything about it? Yeah, so that does that make you complicit now? It makes me complicit because mm. I'm just sitting there watching you being mm. sidelined. Mm. But because fitting in is so important mm. for me, right, and, and who I'm becoming, and I want to be part of the in group, I'd rather not say anything in front of my friends about like shame. Let's you know see how that person is doing. Sometimes, infrequently. If it would serve you. Right. <laughs> I would go and like speak to them one on one, you know, when no one's really watching. But um yeah, in front of people during break time. Huh? No, I'm much more comfortable being part of my group because I'm part of the in group. Because and yeah, that's a like a, it's a survival method. Absolutely for, survival for kids. Yeah, and you don't yeah. want to be ostracized. So I'm I'm sorry that that's happening to you, but I'm not about to do that to myself. Yes. I'm just gonna be over here. Exactly, but I'm a bystander. I mean, like you know, terminology is being a bystander. Mm, okay. I'm saying and I'm watching it, which means I'm potentially. I hate to admit it because I'm you know. You don't want to. You I was don't want to those people seen, yeah. too. Exactly, but like potentially, I'm I'm largely complicit. Am I also the bullier? Hmm. 
we could ask that. I'm largely complicit to the fact that other people are bullying you and I'm just watching it. I'm not doing anything about it. Okay, mm-hmm. so past, no lady, past Sam, um, on our kids, how do parents and how do parents handle that and how do, what's expected of educators and the school? What's the role, what's the role here? How do we navigate this for our children? Mm. At a at a like a more like official policy level, I do think. I mean, we speak about papers and how often does it get implemented, but it's actually really true. It's important that all schools have a bullying policy. Yes, right. It has to be. It has to be there. As in formally, this is this. These are the steps that will be taken. Exactly. This is what we don't. We don't condone bullying. Exactly. Should bullying occur? X, Y, and Z, these are the steps that will be. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's important this document exists. It's important that the that the school tells parents that this p- policy exists, that as parents, you know what the policy looks like. So you know um, what does the bullying look like? What will the school do about it? What's the school's responsibility in terms of my child being bullied? What's my responsibility as a parent in terms of my child being bullied? And what is the child and their peers' responsibility in terms of anybody being bullied, right? So these things have to be very clear mm-hmm. and you need to know about them. And then the school then also has to communicate this to the kids mm-hmm. in different ways. You know, mm-hmm. like during assembly time, if there's like a... National Bullying Day, they should um, actually have something at school where Some they talk about bullying. on the topic, yes. Exactly. What does bullying look like? How can we avoid bullying? Mm-hmm. How can we support someone who's being bullied? Exactly. You see, Elijah's school is having like a funky socks day and they're going to all wear funky socks and it's in aid of, you know, t- to raise awareness about bullying. So I suppose they're going to have a similar scenario where they're going to be talking to to the kids about bullying in all its many forms i'm Mm. actually quite keen to Mm. lean into that figure out what what they're going to be saying but so something like that something more official exactly but then also i would assume it needs to feed into the ethos of the school where yes it's difficult for teachers to pick up on the microaggressions and whatever but do they intervene do they let kids play it out do they let kids play it out yeah so I think a big part of also the education should be around like showing videos, you know, and we have lots of like video content these days, but also showing videos so you can see what bullying looks like mm-hmm. and not just like the the hitting and everything. But So another child can pick up when another child is being bullied. How can you pick it up? So things like, I mean, I see kids where like literally their body language changes. Mm-hmm. Your child used to be an open person in terms of how they used to walk, quite stand upright, but suddenly they're now like looking down when they walk. Their arms are like more to themselves. Mm-hmm. So, so you can so you can pick up on the little small things when people around you, your classmates, the kids in your class, um, even as parents or like or like parents, parents. Let me say the other kids in like your kids' social circle. So you can also watch them when their behavior changes. So you can start picking up like something's happening here in terms of this child's body language. I wonder what's happening here. So you can actually start assisting people and like talking about potentially picking up that this could be a bullying incident, right? Um, a result of a bullying incident. So that, so that, that yeah, the school's responsibility is to outright have a policy around it, right? And then when it happens... Like they, ha- you have to do something about it. And I know it sounds very simple, but I'm saying this because I've seen incidences where kids have been bullied at schools, but schools don't overtly do much about it. You know, like you, you counsel the child, which is important. You let the parents know, which is important. Um, and then the child who's, who's doing the bullying, then you will s- s- like speak to them and kind of try to figure out what's going on, which is important. Probably needs more counselling than the child who was victimised. Yes, exactly. But it's almost like it's just the counselling ends there and then there's no, mm. there's no like system. There's no... There's no systems change. 
the 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 group is not considered to get like things are things are done in silos. Mm. Is it like a, we don't want to name and shame anybody, and so we will just put a statement out that says the situation is is being handled, Absolutely. and we take it very seriously, and um, the necessary steps will be and have been taken. Exactly. But have you done things like? The people that you, the person that's being antagonized and the person who's like the person who's doing the aggressing and the person who's now considered the victim, right? Are they having conversations in one space with the parents there, with the teachers, with the head of the, mm. the schools there? So we can actually talk about what could be happening here. I think that's very important. And why is that important? Because in that way, children can actually know that when bullying happens, something actually gets done about it. So that if I'm the one who is having a bad moment in my life and feel like I have to take it out in some way, that hopefully the option of bullying is less considered because I know if I start to do it, I'm going to get into some kind of trouble at school. There will be consequences. Will be consequences. Our actions have consequences. Absolutely. And what are those consequences? I think this also needs sure. to lean into... I'm trying to think practically yeah. how a school would do that. And that's, that's like what happens at school. But in reality now, all right, we're dealing with we as millennials, the first internet generation, then you get Gen X, Gen Z, and what comes after, whatever our kids are. I don't even know what you call <laughs> us or them. Um, They're Gen Alpha. Gen Alpha, oh, our kids. you wow, have it, okay, sports wow. fans. <laughs> this news just in. <laughs> so it leans heavily into cyber bullying, which, mm. it, to be honest, we're going to really, you know, zone in on it super quickly. Um, we cannot deny it, but it, it's a it's an episode on its own. Mm. Cyberbullying is huge, and I do feel like schools need to take a more official role, even though, you know, in, in our day, I suppose, it would be like if you did this in school uniform, if you were caught smoking in school uniform, that you can get punished for that. But outside of school and not in your, where you were. We have no control you, over what yeah. you're doing there. Where it's just like, actually, no, the... I, I feel like schools and parents need to be more involved in what's happening in the child's online lives, in the children's online lives. But, I mean, there's there's that a whole other a thing. It's a whole new can of worms with regards to fake accounts. Da, da, da. We're not going to get into that, but we are going to get into how an online persona impacts on your self-perception and your self-esteem. Um, so we're, we're really dealing with, a lot, yeah. We're dealing with on the ground bullying, but I think what plays out online Im can impact on what's happening on the ground at school. So, are you, you, I'm assuming you are seeing a lot of what happens online play out in that, in that manner. Absolutely. So, ooh, cyber bullying. <laughs> it's kind of the default bullying, right? Because it's the most easy. You're a keyboard warrior. It's so, warriors and fighter yeah you, you, you don't have to have have a face-to-face -face yeah. altercation with an individual but you can it's, still hurt them it's so much hurt. easier to hurt a person by typing on your phone right yeah. it makes me very it actually makes me really really sad sad is not even the word um but why because when you're bullied at school it's already it's difficult enough right to spend those hours at school and you're being bullied and you're questioning yourself and this is not a safe space and that's difficult enough. Um, and then you come back home, right? And that bullying continues. So generally, when you're only being bullied at school, you come back home to a, a space of more safety. You're getting away from that. You get some time to breathe. You can talk to your parents about it, right? If you have that kind of relationship with your parents. The thing with cyberbullying is that you get back home and it follows you. Mm. There's like no escaping it. There's no escaping it. Unless you full on decide, I'm getting rid of my devices, I'm getting off of social media, which let's be honest, as a teenager nowadays, it, it's just, it, it's 
impossible because which teenager i mean it's hard for me i take a break from social media every now and again i'm like i'm taking a little hiatus because yeah, this to, isn't making yeah. me feel nice anymore yeah, exactly but which teenager is going to in everything that they're dealing with have the presence of mind and even emotional maturity or understanding of their own emotions to be like hold on i need to take a break from this i need to take a break and also if i take a break what if they're saying things about me online i'm not going to know I'm what they're saying about me i'm not aware of at least i can control the narrative if i'm there in the conversation it's a lot because it follows you all the time and i think that that's the thing that's why cyberbullying can be quite a strong influencer to people considering like ending their lives right mm. because you're not you're literally not able to get away from it unless you have some kind of self control around like how often you're going to going to go online and actually be in the space of accessing this information um but it gets very intense and it got, it get, also gets so intense to the extent that sometimes i also heard that during covid there was something that started i think it was on like um on snapchat mm. where where basically jobic kids Johannesburg kids had groups that they were socializing on, right? And these groups they started doing something like um naming all the whores. Mm. Right? Naming all the people who sleep around, right? Firstly, how factual is this? We don't even know how the person sharing this information how factual. So then there was a list that started being created with these high school kids of people who are on this list, right? So this is essentially cyberbullying. Yeah. Because you go to the space because you kind of want to see socially what's happening around you and you know you it's during covid so you're at home so you want to talk to your peers in some way but then now you become the person who's on that list or you become complicit just by viewing the list you're like okay well, I'm going to keep track of this list and by partaking because in order to create the list there's creators there's readers so there's you know you're in some sense sense participating and there's the followers if there's no market for that list then the list falls away then it's Supply like and demand. redundant like, yeah yes. um and then you're also living in it happened in the mom space i will not know it happened in the mom space it did in 2020 oh yes 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 it did how can i forget and, and we as creators in the social media space were fearful that we would be named and shamed for or cancelled for for, for sympathizing with yeah. one and not the other so yeah we like into cancel culture and whatever it's so but so you become complicit mm. and we found ourselves complicit you can't pull away because then you become a fence sitter and then people automatically assume what the right. worst about you because you should you should have an opinion on this matter you can see if, how pervasive mm, cyberbullying it's so tricky be. It's so tricky. And I guess you keep on asking me how to get away from it. Yeah. Right, because that's a big thing. Um it's it's I'm going to say it sounds very very but I really truly think it's like the big part of it. Cuz with with bullying what's happening? Bullying is about power dynamics, right? Some person who has a sense of a loss of power in their lives in one avenue feels like they have to regain that power and mm. therefore you start aggressing over another person who you feel like has the possibility of look of being less powerful than you you find something about them some difference in them that you can pick on and therefore you pick on that continuously to make them smaller 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 the less power they have the more power you feel like the bigger you become you're towering over them exactly i mean it's obviously a facade but that's essentially what you're trying to create in mm. that kind of dynamic right and, and it feeds your ego as the as the aggressor and exactly. you feel stronger exactly right mm -hmm. so in other words the person who's also being bullied I'm not going I mean I'm I'm not like against like the blame the victim mentality at all but the point is if you're a person who's being bullied and you are more sus 
there's something about it that you have to think about. Am I more susceptible to being a person who's being bullied? Right. And that means what kind of person am I within myself? Right. How do I feel about the person that I am? How do I feel about how people perceive me? And when someone says something about, about myself, how do I respond to it? So if I feel like I'm lesser than, mm. right? And I, I mean, we all have insecurities, full stop, mm. right? If I feel like I'm lesser than, that's, that's the thing that exists inside me, cool. But if somebody says something about me being less than in a particular way, how do I respond to it? Do I automatically become smaller and not have the ability to say something back to that person, right? When that moment happens, um, and therefore giving, therefore allowing that the idea of power. So how do I take happen away the other their person power? as well? How do I take away their, I don't their think power about, over me? It's not even about taking away the power from them. It's more about how do I retain my power in a particular mm. moment? Okay, how do I? Because you can't control the person yes, next to you. Exactly. Essentially, yes. Exactly. Okay, how do I not fuel the power they think they have over me? Like, how can I just in this moment be a strong enough individual to? Not be affected by that. You will be affected. Okay. But for but for them to not not have the the tools, what they see in you, to feel like they can continue so to, to do get it. a stronghold exactly. and, continue and, and continue and continue and continue and continue. To I suppose do it. because they're not going to continue to do it if they not if there's pushback. But the only reason it perpetually keeps happening is because this person is cowering and cowering and cowering until they're into nothingness. And so if you if you have the tools in your arsenal as an individual to not cower and to get to a point where like that's okay. That's it's cool. I'm I suppose I'm gonna be over here. <laughs> in a very s- simplified way. And I know that as my child children get older this is gonna be more difficult to navigate. So twofold as we round up round off this discussion is um you know Elijah had an incident where he's a he's a quieter boy and was leaning towards becoming a pushover and when i told him do you know that you're older than this boy he might be physically bigger than you and asserting control over you and being he's he's a very dominant personality this boy and um when i told Elijah that this that he was older than this boy the complaints about the behavior stopped. And the only thing that changed was Elijah's knowledge that he was somehow older. So you're talking about power dynamics and power control. He felt suddenly more powerful, more in control, and like he had a little bit of assertion over this boy simply because he was a few weeks older than him, period. Nothing changed. Elijah didn't become aggressive towards him. They actually just veered away from each other and... The, that was the end of that. The behavior stopped where he was becoming a victim or a pushover. That was the end of that. So I want to round out the discussion by talking about self-worth. And I want to do this for myself. I never do it for myself. I was just going to say. Do it for myself. Yeah. Something happened yesterday where I won't say it's a case of bullying now because it's not prolonged. But Elijah, he was admittedly very tired. He slept for 13 hours yesterday fell asleep in the car he, f- he slept from half past four until this morning until this morning wow he skipped dinner we just put him in the bed we're like his body obviously just needed the yeah. rest so he was emotionally spent i think because of being physically spent so he got in the car and he's just like i've just had a bad day then and, and it was really that these boys excluded him from a game of soccer and then rugby they wouldn't pass him the ball similar to to the josh story and I listened to him complain and 
cry and then complain. He was eating an ice cream, complain about the ice cream running down his hand. And I'm like, my boy, I'm driving. There's nothing I can do. And he, his world was just falling apart because these boys were not including him in the game. It sounds like my kids every day, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. So we got out of the car and I went down on his level. And this, I was just like, this is about belonging. Mm. And I think bullying essentially is about belonging. And our online personas, if we're leaning into cyberbullying, is about belonging. Belonging in that space. So what I said to him, and, and it is much more simple because he's six and it's going to get more complicated. I do know this. So yeah. that's a disclaimer here. I went down to his level and I said, you don't f- today you didn't feel like you had a place in that group. But I want to just tell you that when you come home every day, our family, we are your people. We are your space. And here I go again. <laughs> and you, mom and dad and Noah, we are here for you and you belong with us. So whenever you feel like you don't belong, you remember me and dad and Noah. Don't cry. <laughs> don't make me cry. And I was so proud of myself in that moment for realizing, okay, he's, he's feeling bad about not belonging today. So... I don't know if there's a, a silver bullet to positive self-esteem, but <laughs> other than helping our kids keep sense of that belonging, even as they go onto social media, we give them the keys to Instagram. God help us. <laughs> we, we give them access to TikTok and Snapchat and they are online. And I advise them as best as I can to navigate this heady online world. Is there something else we can do to ensure that they keep that self-esteem and that sense of belonging? What you said is what you need to do. It, it is exactly that. I'm, I'm, because in, the thing is, I don't want to downsize the fact that bullying incidents happen, right? And I don't want to downsize it, that people will go through them. Unfortunately, it is like it's part of society. Mm-hmm. Power dynamics are things that we do continuously, mm. right? Even as adults, it's even as adults, so prevalent. Exactly. Um, and belonging is a huge thing for everybody, particularly for children, because they get into understand themselves, know themselves in different spaces in different ways, right? Um, so it is about assisting your child in, in knowing who they are. Um, a build, help assist them build self-awareness about who they are. And a lot of the things that I'll say about like um, raising kids, and you guys basically said it earlier on, is that it's, it's really about yourself as a parent, right? And how you parent them and what, what are your own things that you're putting onto them? And it's kind of being aware of those. So why do I say this? Because in order for your child to know themselves, it's important that your own projections of who you want them to be mm-hmm. can, in various ways, you can reflect on those and kind of like slowly put those to the side and what they let them let them be who they are, right? So this whole thing about like my, my child needs to be like a tennis player and a guitar player and um, the head of the swimming team and, you know. Your ideas of what your child is good at and right. where they're leaning towards as a person. Exactly. And how much of that is really what you think they, they can do for themselves? Or how much of it is, is because it's the part of you that wants them to be that because of who you weren't? Yeah. You know? Or you mm. or who you, what you felt like would make you a better person when you were growing up or even now as a parent, right? Um, 
Yeah, so that's an important thing to kind of be aware of who your child is versus who you want them to be, which means that on a day-to-day basis, while your child is being, I say being, right? (laughs) Even the screaming and everything. You can watch their being existing and watch them and acknowledge it and pick up the little signs of who they are. What are they better at? What are they not good at? Because they're going to be not good at things and they're going to be good at things. Affirm what they're good at so it builds their esteem and who they are and they they slowly become aware of it. When they're not good at, then you try to build those things. But affirm what they're good at. Uh-huh. So in this, in the sense of like what happened with um with your son yesterday. So on the on the sports field, maybe the sports field is not the place where you feel the strongest, and maybe the other boys can see that the, the sports field is not where you feel strongest, right? And that's fine because I know you want to be on the sports field with them, and you can play with them, and you can do what you do. But I'm actually wondering, which places in your life like are you actually really good at at school? Mm. You know? Invite those boys into a, some online gaming, <laughs> brother. We see how they hold up. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Have you put that, that r- rugger kid in, into a Minecraft game? Exactly. You? Let's see. Because then let's see how they Can he build a crafting table? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But why do I say this? Because the thing is, like, yeah. there'll be spaces where you feel crap about who you are. There'll be in those hundreds, spaces, yeah. right? But in order to work against those in order to mediate how deeply those things affect you then you need they need to be spaces that you can occupy that you're in that you feel like oh this is my place yes, i'm yes. so good this at my this. Place. this these is, are my people these are my this people is my jam. exactly yeah. and unfortunately i can't be at this guitar set i can't be in this guitar crew all the damn time why yes. do i have to go to school yeah. why do i have to do sports because i don't like it but i need to do it because i feel like i i want to fit in you know but when i'm in my guitar place it helps me for the times when I feel insecure about who I am. Yes. I love that. Oh, okay. I'm leaving it at that. We could be here forever. My <laughs> <laughs> lady, Mokwena, educational psychologist based in Sanson, everybody. We're going to put you in touch with my uh, lady's information. Um, we don't want to overwhelm you, but we do want people to know who you are because you are pretty fabulous. Thank you so much for joining us on The Great Equalizer. Thank you. Charlene, how about we keep talking? We're taking this online in a positive way. Yes, we need the comments. We need your interaction. Guys, you know this. If you want to chat with us or weigh in on this discussion, if you want to swear, rant, cry like I do in every bloody episode almost, hit us up over email, info at thegreatequalizer at gmail.com. Or DM us a voice note. Record one on your phone and hit us up on Insta or email us, as Charlene said. Yeah. Also, feel free to like and subscribe. Please feel free to like and subscribe. In fact, I almost want to say you have to go like and subscribe to our new YouTube channel. Let me bully you into doing what I want (laughs) you to do. (laughs) Our new YouTube channel. What? We're on YouTube, Sam. We're actually doing nicely on YouTube. People like seeing us, I've realized. No. And you know what? (laughs) Their support is super important to us. Guys, you have no idea. Every like, love, comment, share. We share it amongst ourselves. Team TGE, we deal we, we deal well with affirmation. Yes, yes, way. thanks. That's, that's yeah. definitely a love language for us. So please, <laughs> don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Facebook or wherever you get your podcasts. If it's possible for you to rate us and review us, please do so. Whatever your poison, find us and leave a loving review. And newsflash for those who like to listen to the end. Including this part, yes, <laughs> if you're still listening. If you're still listening to us drone on TikTok, 
we're coming for you. We are. <laughs> Hit the subscribe button, people. Every interaction, we believe, brings one mom closer to sanity. Exactly. The more we're seen, the better this podcast will do and the better we'll be for you. And so I think, Charlene, that's it for this week. Now, lady, you're doing an excellent job. Thank you. You're doing a good job. Yes. At life, at living, at your introspection. Keep up with the good work. Yes. And Sam, you're so level-headed. You're doing a great job. Thank you. And so are you. Oh, thanks. Shouting and screaming included. I know (laughs) Profanities and all. There's a lot of love and a lot of passion in this lady. So, until next time, keep Keep your your mom mom game strong. Shout out to our producers over at Autumn Aperture and Arc Studios, including our editor Tyler McKenna and sound engineer Stephen Krill. Please review our show notes for more on today's topic and expert guest. And for more on The Great Equalizer, our website is always a good idea, www.thegreatequalizer.co.za, along with our social media platforms on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and now YouTube. And of course, if you want to chat with Sam or Charlene directly, email us at info at We would love to hear from you.